0: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass And hey, what's the gonna do? It doesn't matter
1: how you're doing Woo! we of do Living this life! jet flying. Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Would you please Shut the hell up! You don't know What hard times are, daddy The cream will rise to the top Oh yeah Oh yeah This is a
2: human rubble what up what up welcome to episode 145 of keep the Fave. i'm mike sitting here with my boys ready to talk some wrestling we just came off of this sunday after seeing wrestle dream the pay-per-view that was rumored to be something special and boy oh boy was it there was some unbelievable matches a huge debut uh from a huge powerhouse star um and then Tonight on Dynamite, we see the direction of where this person is going. So let's get into it real quick. But we have to introduce who we're talking to tonight. Over in Glendale, his name is Steve Grobeschmidt. What up, Grabby?
0: Mike, on this day, I see clearly Mm. everything (laughs) has come to life. A better place and a broken dream. And we'll leave it all. Leave it all behind. Nice.
2: Very, good. <laughs> very good. He's he's in a mood tonight, guys. That is very good. I, we're seeing a very relaxed Steve you No, know, I think it might be because he just wrapped up his third book in his series. Congratulations, Malfrau.
0: Thanks, Meng. Big time. It's exciting times here and in, uh, in the world of the, the literary world. Has the title of the third book been released yet, or no? It is. You can find it online now. It's been released. Really? Wow. Yes.
2: It's been quite a journey, hasn't it, Steve? How are you feeling
0: right now? I'm feeling. I'm feeling good, Mang. You know, I just yes. oozing machismo, as only a <laughs> as only a published author can. You are
1: oozing crap because you're all in brown right now. You all. You're brown from head yeah. to toe. You are brown.
0: Mike, Mike. Yeah. I don't acknowledge people that haven't been introduced yet. Oh, yeah, 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 That's yeah. true.
2: Yeah. We're going to have to get to him. Uh, I don't know if we're not want to share this. I, I don't know if I really want to share this because what the man who just mentioned that Steve's all in Brown said, there's this, like, I have a son. He's 18 months old now and he's really into this guy named Blippy. Have you ever heard of this guy? No. He's really annoying. But he goes around to like cool places and like he's just crazy. It's just, it's like my son loves him. You you can it's the only way he sits still. But anyway, a little backstory on this guy Blippy. He actually produced a an independent movie where he actually shit on his friend.
0: Oh my mm. god!
2: Like and this is a guy that's actually entertaining children now but he i think he went by like stevie mcferguson or something something crazy mccrusterson or something like that <laughs> he made a movie called turd boy and now <laughs> he's like making millions of dollars going to like no that's the name of the movie my friend sent me the text like i couldn't believe it oh my it. goodness and for and like this is what i'm talking about you just can't hmm? trust a book by its cover or anything like
0: it sucks but Unless it's part know. of the Maybe Gamma the... Trita series, of course. That's true. That's true. You can. Tr- that is like par That's excellence. Kind of... And do you know, do you know what? You know who who I recently learned is a big fan of my book series, Konosuke Takeshita. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he reached out to me this week, this afternoon, and said through a translator. Thank you for you know wonderful science fiction. It means a lot to me as I'm traveling, you know, the country and the globe a lot to be able to listen to and watch and listen and read and just enjoy like really good fiction. So thank you, Mr. Takeshta.
2: Yeah, and thanks for saying his name right. Amazing.
0: What he really was, You
2: you suck a sound.
0: Oh. That's 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 just uh that's low brow. That's low brow.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, how about this? How about since he has been chirping a little bit, let's go over to Ohio and visit the man with the golden pipes, Gary Williams. What up, Gary?
1: It's sexual, baby. Oh, right. Oh. And I want to give it all to you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, I'm here for you. Right here for you. So sexual. So sexual. You know, I was thinking. Mark Henry? It was Mark Henry. Uh, man. Matt, that was for you. I could not think of
2: <laughs>
1: I could not think of any other scenes in wrestling history where a baby was born other than with sexual chocolate.
2: Yes, true.
1: And so in my own way to honor you, I felt it was a necessity to bring out the sexual chocolate man yeah and because the if any of
3: our listeners have ever seen me in person you all think of mark henry immediately
2: is
1: immediately what i thought of i was so appropriate
2: and so appropriate too since i brought up turd boy uh <laughs> also the sexual chocolate which stevie mcferguson or whatever the hell blippy's alias i'll send you the text it's fucking weird but uh yeah gary thanks for you bringing know, that you up. Know- i'm
1: May you know, I just, May West I like... May May is she's looking down on you right now and knowing as she had conceived and bore a sexual chocolate child, um you, 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 Matt, are about to enter that same journey with you and your wife. And we were very excited for you.
3: Mike, please go ahead and introduce me. This is getting weird and I just want to move on.
2: <laughs> True. All right. He he keeps it freshly squeezed, and this might be the last podcast before he becomes a dad and his life has changed forever. We can't wait to talk to him, Matt Michelson. What up, Matt?
3: Not a whole lot, um, other than what you just said. I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat. What can I say?
2: Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun.
3: Mm-hmm. It will. Uh got... Hopefully, it's not going to be a hand. We know that. So Mark Henry does have me one up when oh. it comes to that. Um, but we are, Minor having details. uh, yeah. And I, I think I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I don't talk a ton about this stuff, but we are actually having twins. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: my wife, Becky's actually made it all the way. We're going in Friday morning. She's going to be wow. having a section and we're going to find out. We do not know if it's boy, girl, boy, boy, girl, girl, identical fraternal. Mm. We know, we know nothing. Um,
2: amazing. we should take some guesses. We should take some guesses real quick.
3: Yeah, we can have a keep a so, kayfabe twin pool. I'm I'm open to bets. So let's
1: do it.
2: All right, um, Steve, you go first.
0: In order, yeah, brown boy, girl boy. Oh yeah, order, Ooh,
2: good idea. Okay, girl boy, what? Girl boy in that order.
1: Nice, Gary. Boy, girl.
2: Boy, girl. Okay. All right. So kind of this whole time, I've been thinking it's going to be a boy, girl situation. But then I was like, nah, it's going to be the same sex. So I'm going to go girl, girl. But I'm always wrong with my picks. So I think it's going to be boy, boy in that order. Boy, boy. Mm.
3: (laughs) In that order. Got it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm writing these down. What do you think, Matt? Uh, well, I'm not making any guesses because I am to—suspicious when it comes to these things. Mm-hmm. But I got will it. share we with you guys, it. we really are hoping for a boy and a girl, regardless of the order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Awesome. So um, when it's if, boy, if you,
2: boy, do I get like a special prize, though?
0: I don't sort? know. Well, what do you think it should be? Babysitting responsibilities. Hey there, Something you! Something
2: like go. that? I don't know. Yeah, we'll help you out. You should
1: have to wear Steve's hat and shirt. Oh,
0: oh that'd man. be an honor. Traumatize that's the a, kids. That's a pro- whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> yeah. If you well, have two he, girls, will you name them Brittany and Nikki? How absolutely foolish you look right now! Cut it, Cut it! Cut this man off! Cut this man off!
3: Someday we're going to make this into a video podcast and I'm going to re-release this because for our listeners out there, let me just, since this is an audio medium, let me just take a moment to describe what is happening here. So Steve has graced us with an outfit that I can only describe as Velvenus meets Indiana Jones. Uh, and it is phenomenal.
2: Jinder Mahal.
3: Jinder <laughs> Mahal meets Val Venus meets Indiana Jones. I love it. Pretty
1: good. With a, go- with a goatee.
3: And Mike, if, if you do win to Gary's idea, I think, yeah, you can get babysitting responsibilities. I think that's a good, that's a good prize. Um, Only if you show up in Steve's outfit, because I'm sure the neighbors would probably raise some eyebrows. If a guy showed up to our door in that outfit, knocked, opened the door and said, Hey, someone need a babysitter.
2: Yeah. It's like the new Mary Poppins outfit, except you look like, Like some kind of porn star, (laughs) (laughs) Jones. I
1: I can't even. I. I mean, I turn my camera off. Like, is
0: it too much for you? Are you are you you half masked? (laughs) (laughs) That
1: is. You know what? That is definitely not the problem.
2: Why don't we get to some wrestling action? And Matt, we are very proud of you. You're going to be a great dad. Mm -hmm. Let's loosen it with uh, Wrestle Dream. And this uh was the first time that AEW rolled a new pay-per-view out other than the big four that they put out full gear double or nothing all out and um
0: revolution or revolution. something
2: right? yeah. yeah so yeah this was interesting and By the time the show started, like it didn't really feel like that with MJF starting off the show. I'm going to be quite honest with you. It was just like, yeah, you know, kind of feels like a little WWE ish a little bit. Hmm. So I don't know. It didn't really start strong, but it gradually built. And by the time they got to Zack Sabre Jr. and Brian Danielson. I was in, and we were in for some crazy frickin' action. Maybe one of the best wrestling matches that ever was. And Matt, I know you were really excited for this one when we talked about it last week. What were were your thoughts on it, would you say?
3: So, mind about to be blown, I actually still haven't seen this match. Oh my gosh. But everything I've heard about it says it's going to be one of those matches that's talked about for years to come. And I saw Brian Danielson's promo tonight on AEW Dynamite at the time of this recording, talking about how it's a match that he has always wanted to wrestle. And he had the chance to do it in Seattle, his home turf, super cool. Um, just based on that premise alone, it just makes me that much more excited for the match. I could say a lot about it, but obviously I haven't seen it. So I'm going to turn it over to one of you guys, but I'd love to hear if there were any spots in this match or just overall, like, what are your thoughts?
0: I'd be happy to go. I mean, first of all, I'm going to drop this little teaser before I talk about this match. This was my second favorite match of the night. Mm. How about that? Huh. But that being said, it was an all-timer. It was outstanding. I mean, it. I, I honestly, I mean, when you hype the two guys wrestling, uh, as they did, you know, and this is definitely a dream match, I feel like it delivered. There was no disappointment in this match. And it was the pace that is the things that we predicted and talked about, a lot of... um grapples and trying to get out of them and these really innovative ways that they transitioned moves and chain wrestling. Um, and you know, the crowd was hot for it. There were moments in the pay-per-view, the crowd, like I think was tired, but good sports, but not, definitely not this match. And, um, yeah. And I just, I mean, honestly, there's so many things I love about, um, how they presented it too i think having moxley um on on the announcing team a couple times during this pay-per-view he's just so understatedly great i mean he doesn't mince words he's really good and nigel oh my god he is so great like his obvious beef that may be leading to something with with, uh, danielson um he just was constantly bitching about him but then you know giving him credit sometimes but um yeah, I just love that I mean the match was like these ultimate like submission and 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 and, and grappling wrestlers but then they have this out for Zack Sabre Jr where um uh it was striking that put him down and he's claiming that that's cheating or kind of underhanded or dastardly villainous. So it's like he gets his out, not that he lost anything in this match anyway, but um no, it's just the well-told tale I think that we all expected it to be.
3: So one question for you, Steve, or Gary, I'd love to hear what either of you guys think on this. I have heard some reviews of this talking about how Nigel McGinnis almost, and, and this is just an opinion, so take it for what it's worth. And again, I want to hear what you guys think, but supposedly he took a little bit away from this match just because it seems like he's trying to put himself over a lot. And, and Steve, maybe that plays into a little bit what you're talking about trying to start up this beef. But I guess, what do you guys think? Is that actually the case or is he just a little animated
0: i'll let gary answer that i have an opinion but go ahead i don't i don't think so at all
1: in fact i mean you know his commentary is really really spot on right now and i think that that's been something that you know has been missing from some of the some of the pay-per-views i mean i you know love jr but i mean he needs to sadly be put out to the sooner bill sooner than later and 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 tony Shavani would even admit he's not a play he's a he's a play-by-play guy he's not a color guy so i mean when you especially when you had that play with uh between nigel and and moxley going on during the match i thought it was brilliant i thought it was really well done and if nigel is trying to put himself over good for him that and i hope we see him again because i i think he would would have a phenomenal match with um with either moxley or danielson whatever the case may be so i didn't i didn't feel like it distracted because you know at some level right the american wrestling style does not lend itself to this type of old school mat work right and so you almost have to have You know, to keep people's attention, you almost have to you almost have to be a little bit over the top with the announcing to some degree, because people are used to more action flying around all that stuff. And I and truth be told, I think Sabre and Danielson put on, you know, they they constructed a very brilliant match told a really good story Uh, but in the same token as i was watching it i just couldn't help but think like boy steven regal i really miss him right now like he would have been perfect uh in the corner of one of these guys and you know those you know zach Saber's a bit of a throwback to that so but you know i i really don't uh matt think that whenever whoever said that i i'm not i'm not on board with their thoughts at least for me steve what do you think
0: i 100 agree i actually thought it lent to the match and not now nah. not that the match needed lending to but i think um nigel and and uh, moxley kind of countered each other perfectly because like i said nigel was over the top anti um you know playing the heel announcer and Moxley it's weird Moxley doesn't take shit from anybody and he'll call out anybody but it was I also thought it was interesting that Nigel's ripping on his friend the whole time and he never really goes at Nigel but he just calmly counters and kind of is it, like this it's like a teeter-totter and they mm-hmm. kept it balanced it was really good and um, no I thought you brought up good points there because I just don't I think <clears throat> the usual suspects okay Excalibur and Taz would be fine But, yeah, Tony Schiavone wouldn't really bring much to this match. JR would actually be a detriment because he'd like just kind of bumble over it and and probably call him by the wrong name like he did a few times. (laughs) Um, So, no, I actually, yeah, I thought the whole presentation, including Nigel, really like elevated it. And I think they are hinting at something. I don't know if Nigel's in wrestling shape, but that rumor has been percolating that they're going to do a Nigel... Uh, Danielson match
2: that would be crazy and I mean I'm not even really familiar with Nigel wrestling that much I didn't really look into it I knew he did but yeah that would got some history those cool. two yeah oh that's wild yeah you bring up good point Gary like that a guy like Moxley could you know for that style of match I thought it loosened it up it he honestly mm-hmm. made you feel like you were watching a wrestling match which just A badass dude that like you're like you're at a bar and, you know, people are just commenting on it and like you don't want to fuck with this guy. So you just kind of agree with them and he keeps it light. And yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. So, yeah, I didn't mind it. And I thought it was really cool at the end of this match, too, that Aubrey got her. uh, Oh, that was wonderful. Because that doing that match to like be jumping around, checking the shoulders, checking them on her belly, like every three seconds. Like it was a lot of work. And I mean, it is such a, and I think she knew like what she was getting into, obviously. She knew it was going to be a workout. And she knew like she had to be probably almost as on as those guys, because, you know, she, she's, she's a very key piece to the whole thing. People are watching her. And, um, you know, going, she, she's kind of like the conductor of the orchestra in in there. So that was pretty cool that, uh, Danielson raised her hand and you could instantly tell she like was emotional because she's like, man, like this was the coolest thing. And I think she knew at the end of it, like how well they nailed it. And it's going to be a legendary match. And she was a part of it. So tip of the cap to her big, thick taps,
1: Mike, that was, it is her home. Seattle's her hometown. So, oh no shit! That's raining. yeah. So I there, totally there was also that. that bit of it that kind of maybe That's awesome got woven in there as well. Which you know, Danielson and I think Swerve, I think they wore Seattle Seahawks, yep. mm-hmm. yeah, Swerve colors, and then um, and then yeah, Aubrey's from there as well. So it is really interesting that the the number of people between Swerve, Darby, Nick Wayne, you know, um Aubrey. Uh, brian danielson how many people are from out that way and you know i thought the crowd was really good uh i really impressed Uh, i thought they really kept steam throughout the night and uh and so it's a it's a great I I would give kudos to the Pacific Northwest because everyone talks about, you know, Chicago and, you know, New York and New Jersey, and they talk about those places. But I really thought that crowd was really, really good for the whole night because it was a long card and there was a lot going on.
0: Uh, Aubrey uh, Instagrammed about it. Yeah. Definitely echoing what you saw in her like reaction, uh, Mike, that she uh, was super emotional about it and touched Mm -hmm. that he did that. Yeah.
2: Well-deserved. I mean, I'm surprised I actually didn't uh, forecast Eddie Vedder to come out like uh, (laughs) get someone to be ushered down to the thing and put the bet the farm on it. Just another missed opportunity by Tony Khan. I mean, just go to these home homes of these rock star legends and just just get just get one. You know, you know know
0: something, Mike. Though you know, um, uh, Kurt Cobain couldn't do it because he's dead. Uh, He's dead.
2: <laughs> okay, Christian Cage. Yeah, <laughs> dude,
0: that so was so low. That was about <laughs> as
1: low as it gets, right there. That was, I. I That's you're a, the
2: R rated superstar.
1: Yeah, that, hey, Gary, that, go,
0: go, poop yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was definitely. That was should have been coming out of my mouth, not yours. So that okay, I'll give, I'll give you kudos on
0: that.
2: We're getting a heel turn on Steve here. He's it's you know, you know, getting darker um, when he puts the hat on.
0: I don't know where you're going next with this, Mike, but um I did mention that was my second favorite match.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, I don't we kind of got to Really, get really care it. what your first favorite one was. Wow, that's enough.
2: Yeah, unless you've been under a rock these past few days, um you do know that the Rated-R Superstar Edge Mm -hmm. Well, better known as Edge, but Adam Copeland came out at the finale of the pay-per-view, igniting the crowd in a way that we haven't seen in quite time. Major, major pop drama in the ring after Christian Cage, Darby Allen, Sting. Who's that dude? uh, Darby's friend. What's his name?
1: Nick Wayne. Nick Nick Wayne
2: was out there. I mean,
1: the big Luchasaurus.
2: Luchasaurus lot of run-ins that i mean and then to come out with adam copeland edge i mean uh, is there anything left in the tank with these people i mean they fucking ignited that arena when mm-hmm. edge came out and edge was obviously pumped he comes out he's pumping his fists he can barely contain himself they're chanting his name they're loving it and then boom we see adam copeland come to the aid of sting and that was awesome Paying homage, I was like, okay, we got the baby face edge here. Very nice. And then tonight on AEW Dynamite, we saw a direction he was going, but we'll get to that a little later, too. But, boys, 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 what does this mean for AEW? Is this, like, the biggest get bigger than CM Punk, you think?
3: I don't think this is bigger than CM Punk, but I think it's pretty freaking big, especially when you think about... What was it? Two years ago, that Edge came back to WWE after being out for nine years because he Mm -hmm. thought he'd never wrestle again. And when he came back a couple of years ago in WWE, he comes out at the Royal Rumble. The pop then was just insane, and Mm -hmm. I don't think this pop that he got at Wrestle Dream was on that level. But I mean, the crowd was losing their minds, and rightfully so. He's he's one of those guys. When I was watching this tonight on Dynamite, his first time ever on Dynamite, I was talking to Becky a little bit, just kind of telling her that when I used to watch wrestling, I was probably about 13 years old at the time. Edge was one of my guys. He was one of my favorite wrestlers. You know, those TLC matches, I'll never forget those. And even to this day, they still hold up despite some of the crazy shit Darby Allen does. But regardless of that, Edge comes out, shocks the world. It's, again, I don't think he's as big of a draw as CM Punk. I don't think the pop is as big. I'm not, going to tune into collision to see what edge does on collision. But I feel like AEW has this huge gap in its roster ever since CM punk left. And there's a spot for one massive main event guy Edge is That guy. I also feel like Christian has been waiting to do something really big ever since he got into AEW, and yes, he's had a title match with Kenny Omega. We saw that a couple of years ago. And ever since then, he's kind of dabbled in different things with Jungle Boy, and now he's the TNT champion, and it's really good stuff. And I think when he's put front and center, the guy shines every time. And as a heel, man, I never knew he had this in him. He just gets better every week. And now that he's got Edge standing across from him, you know, we saw it tonight on Dynamite. Edge pours his heart out to this guy. Christian comes back with a little go yourself action, and it's just. Like, I cannot wait to see what happens with these two. The feud is going to be phenomenal. I really hope at some point Christian comes around or Edge ch- turns and we do get a tag team run with these two guys. And e- of course, Edge alluded to making an AEW world title run at some point. So I don't, I don't think this is going to be a six month long, you know, final run or a one year final run. I think we get a couple of years out of Edge at this point. At least I really hope that's the case. I, you know, I'm just praying he stays healthy, that these runs go as well as I hope they will. Um, I'm not sure I'm super psyched up about him facing Luchasaurus in his first match, but I think it's good just to kind of grease the wheels a little bit, see how he does.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because maybe, maybe it, and it's possible, Matt, that this is, generational differences between where you're your you know you um where you're at and where i'm at and because i actually believe him to be a bigger star bigger draw than cm punk in this regard mm. he cm punk's absence from professional wrestling left a gap and and yes people came back but edge is the first guy in a while since probably brian danielson that's gonna attract mainstream WWE fans. And that's not something that AEW has had the benefit of because Edge literally was coming out of a program. And he and it was a good program with Judgment Day. And so his the thing he brings is this this real professionalism that I think is is much needed right now after kind of the the second round of experiment with CM Punk and you know and i wonder to some degree if there isn't a a bit of a migration of fans now who are now going to turn in that they maybe hadn't before um you know as much as uh, we, i've talked about this you know we've joked steve and i with my brother you know he is hardcore wwe but even he is having a hard time not wanting to peek over across across the aisle, so to speak, because Edge is Edge is a, a staple from that from WWE, and and he, he he yes he had a little bit of a gap, but his resurgence was strong, and and I would argue was some of the best work he's done since his very early days, you know when he was doing all those high spots, but his work is still very phenomenal. And I think the introduction potentially of Beth Phoenix at some point will be uh, awesome to the story. And so and I don't, I, I guess for me, because of the upside of what he brings in the locker room, I think he is just that much more powerful to the, to the group.
2: I, I also think, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Can I go real Uh, quick,
0: Steve? Yeah, go.
2: I also think Edge is a bigger get than CM Punk because a lot of fans did turn their back on CM Punk when CM Punk turned Mm -hmm. his back on the WWE because some of those WWE juice drinkers, they'll just follow whatever, you know, is said. And, like, because CM Punk was shunned uh, for so long from WWE, too, like, they wouldn't even, you know... Get out like pick up the phone for the guy. I would imagine those fans are fine with it, but with Edge, he's always been a babyface basically, and he left on good terms. There was no bad blood. So, if people love Edge the way that they do and they want to see more of him, well, they have an avenue now. And I think, yeah, you will find some people tuning in, especially as the matches get better, especially if that uh, Edge and Christian thing comes together. And God forbid we see Matt and Jeff Hardy. Uh, versus Edge and Christian in a ladder we match. Will. I mean, are they going to do that? Dude, it's coming, boys. It's going to be amazing.
0: TK can um,
3: himself. We'll see it. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Um, I, I'm going to just echo that. I completely agree. I think the only thing that puts CM Punk in the border of being on the same level as Edge is the way he left wrestling and how this will he ever come back. That's what heightened his profile. But as a... You know, a body of work. I mean, Edge had a longer, more successful career that mm-hmm. dipped into the classic attitude era that, you know, we all, you know, never those of us of our age and 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 uh, thereabouts will never forget. So I mean, I think Edge is the more accomplished, bigger name by far. It's just mm-hmm. Punk got the notoriety because of how he left. And obviously, mm-hmm. with the gift of hindsight, I mean, you get with Edge every bit the big name superstar with zero of the head case, like tantrums mm-hmm. and bullshit that CM Punk proved he never got rid of. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, to I, me, I, like, can't. They, yeah. I, I, I just
1: think how many of those guys backstage are so jacked to be in the presence of those guys. Like, you know, the young, you know, eve from Darby Allen to, to the Nick Waynes, to the, to, Brian cages to thank goodness Wardlow's back, you know, all those guys, like how cool is it for them? You know, like Kyle Fletcher tonight in um, dynamite, you know, like, or even, you know, Aussie open in with FTR. Like, I mean, those guys, you know, Kyle's in his early twenties wrestling with these phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal veterans. They have to just be, so over the moon about that opportunity and to me that continues to be the resounding theme of the difference between where where these two groups are which is I see you know in in my opinion the the wwe old-timers come back for themselves and and yet and then in aw these guys are kind constantly putting over younger talent and finding ways to like bring people up with them it it just it feels just so much more uh, collegial in some ways and you know maybe it's because we're drinking the aw coolie i don't know but
0: no I, i i don't think anybody can rationally argue any major veteran that came legend that came back and put themselves first in aew i think you can go down the absolute they're giving list. back to the business yes yeah, sting you can
2: tell they're just giving back to the yeah. business and it's because they have control of it because if they're yeah. going back to the wwe they're just you know it's a paycheck and they know there's no yeah. creative at,
0: just just a couple examples sting he finally shows up in WWE. What do they do? They job him out to Triple H, and yeah. then he loses a match to Seth Rollins, who nearly cripples him because he's overrated piece of shit. Two, uh, and, and then you get Christian. He comes over. Put it over Jungle Boy, putting over Luchasaurus, putting over Nick Wayne, you name it. Um, yeah. Jeff Jarrett, every match he's been in, he puts over young people. Yeah. Um, uh, the Hardys, you know, with the private party. It's like every one of these legends. CM Punk did it, even in his head, Casey Way. He put over um, MJF, Darby Allen, um, everybody he re- Yeah, FTR, all of them. So, I mean, that is the people can rip on this. Yeah. People can rip on AEW for lots of things, but how they use the old veterans they get is like exemplary. Mm -hmm. It's at least for me. Definitely.
2: Yeah. But the match itself between Christian and Darby though, I mean, that was freaking insane. Eh?
1: Oh my gosh. Let's talk
2: about that for a second.
1: What an absolute. I mean, I, I don't even know what I think. Mike, I think you might, I think you might've said it. Maybe I, I, there's something wrong with Darby Allen. Like seriously, like he, the the (laughs) dude, there has to be something where he literally either, either we are being worked that he is that safe and we're just not aware of it. Like, and that's part of, you know, one of the things that I do think, you know, other, some critics have of, there does appear to be a lot of guys in AEW who you know, like Mark Davis getting you know, his and John Moxley with a concussion, like these guys are getting hurt a lot more frequently in AEW because the spots are much higher and much more intense. And and quite frankly, because they're not wrestling together as much as the WWE schedule, the guys um it, it does get sloppy at times. I think, you know, as much as Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis are phenomenal Um, tag team as Aussie open. There were multiple spots where they were really sloppy with some of their work, um, which isn't a terrible thing. Cause you know, so to some degree you don't want perfection, but, but I, there's, I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I just, I, I really believe that one day, I, I mean, I don't even want to, it sounds morbid, but I feel like I'm going to watch the guy be, crippled on television one of these times because the guy is just what he's doing to his body to entertain us is is beyond anything i've ever seen and i've seen a lot of different ways of going about it you know there's the 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 role of the baby face that just gets beat down you know uh ricky morton Ricky, the dragon steamboat, those guys made a living out of just looking like they're getting absolutely brutalized. Darby Allen is, is physically getting brutalized in matches. And just what he does to entertain us is, is, I don't know if we'll ever be able to, I don't know if I want to see it again. I mean, Nick Wayne's got a little bit of that in him uh, for a young talent, uh, but I don't see him taking nearly the same kind of bumps that Darby does, thankfully, because I, you know, I, I don't know, Mike. I maybe he's right. Maybe he just doesn't feel pain.
3: I couldn't agree with you more, Gary. I, I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. All I'll say is. I'm just enjoying every Darby match that I can. Cause I yeah. know it's not going to last forever. There's yeah. no way that a lot of these spots are being worked. So let's just enjoy it while we can. The guy's going to do to himself what he's going to do to himself. I've kind of come to accept that at this point. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the guys behind the scenes have too. So just, yeah, tune in, enjoy Darby and we'll move on.
0: That was, that was my third favorite match too. It was really good. And, um, I also, um, I mean, I mean, there, yeah. Darby. I don't know. It's almost like I was just I was just reading this awesome science fiction recently where they take like human minds and put them into like robot bodies. Maybe oh. he has a robot body. I'm wondering because I don't have any other explanation how he can land freaking on stairs and not be crippled for life. I mean, you guys,
1: that chair that that
0: that that spot the, was that, so bad. The step
1: spot. I mean, I don't even know how he ended up not. You having... can't fake that. You
0: can't. That's There's metal. No That's not plastic that they're I mean, making out to be metal.
1: I can't imagine what of, Christian Cage must be thinking before he's doing yeah. He's got to be like, why? Are you why? sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to <laughs> I do was this? Just,
2: I was just about to say that. It's like for the other guy, it kind of goes against everything that you're trained to do as a wrestler to keep the other mm-hmm. wrestler safe in the entertainment of the match. It's so messed up and there has, I don't know if they like sign a waiver backstage or some shit like that before they go out and do this. Cause it seems like Darby Allen, he's literally creating this own new genre of wrestling for people of his stature. And yeah, you see this Nick Wayne, he's got a little bit of in him. So any scrawny, small undersized wrestler that comes through the business and does what Darby does, they will be, compared to darby allen which not a lot of wrestlers in the current day can actually say because so much has been has happened before this and so much has been innovated off of it already i mean darby is pretty much the only one other than maybe mjf's mic skills people are like oh he's if, if anybody is as good as mjf on the mic they'll be compared to mjf but if anybody that's small undersized and does what darby does are going to be compared to this guy which is pretty amazing and yeah i just hope he's okay so
0: we can't I mean, stop him so like matt my, matt said he's just enjoying it as long as yeah. it lasts i mean ramus ray mysterio
1: for us was one of the pioneers of being a, right. a smaller wrestler but, but he but was kind he, of muscular yeah when you see his old WCW stuff, it's pretty amazing to see the transformation that his body took over the years. And he I don't think Steve, I don't know. I mean, you were watching Nitro a lot back yeah. then too. I don't think he's it was at his at his, you know, beginnings in WCW, especially, you know, I don't I don't think he was that that much bigger no. than where Darby is today. I mean no, I mean, for sure not. True. Yeah. And so, I mean, to some degree, you know, that, but, but I, again, though, I mean, and again, it's generational, but, you know, people thought what Ray Mysterio was doing was off the charts in terms of, you know, some Hurricane radas and, you know, and, and and all those We're
2: talking about things. impact, though. We're talking right. about impact. Yeah, Ray for sure. Mysterio, like he was fluid, and like you could yes. tell, like he was doing crazy shit, but like there was a style to that where it was safe. This there was is a like safeness reckless to it, for sure. and, Yeah, yeah, reckless and out of control. Nothing between the inanimate object and a body, and that's Darby Allen yeah. just hitting it as at, like a car wreck,
0: all
2: for the sure. time. It's fucking crazy. So, but you're
1: right, I, Mike. If I think you. Um, on merman my one of the two of you, there is a genre of this kind of, you know, this kind of, of, of entertainment, right? Like people like seeing people falling off cliffs and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, the, sure. the skateboard lifestyle and, and, you know, those people just are, you know, and we've talked about this on this podcast about, you know, those of you that that skated you know you you just come to expect you're gonna fall and you're gonna you're just gonna get back up and you're gonna go and so there's just something to be said about it and but in terms of the match itself like it was really well it, i thought it was well done i i i thought that the the spots that were done without the ring mat ugh, like i don't know about you but i that could not have felt great um for any of those guys to take <laughs> to take those shots on on the plywood um it just goes to show you just the real i mean I, you know when you think about the mat you think it's this big springy thing but it's really not that thick right comparison mm-hmm. to all that wood that's underneath and it just gives you a better appreciation for everything those guys were going through but you know it was a definitely a great match and, you know, and yes, to some degree, you know, I think Christian is as, is, is wrestling at a place too in his career where he's, he's about as good as I've seen him in a lot in, in years, right? Like where he's, his matches are good. His, um he's, he's still taking bumps and, he, and his mic skills are just off the charts right now. And he's just a great great heel uh tonight was hilarious you knew it was coming uh but then when you saw it you know you're just like wow you know he's just masterful and um and that that emotion you know um adam copeland talked about that emotion about sting right like the emotion that comes from a person like sting for wrestling fans christian cage can grab your heart and twist it in in turn and just get you to just want to punch him, you know, and it's really good. And he's really, really, I mean, not for me necessarily, because I love his shtick and I love, always loved heels and heel work, but he's about as, he's about as good on the mic for uh aw right now as anyone uh, as well as mjf i would love to see a battle between him and mjf i think that would be a hilarious uh segment
2: big time big time yeah we could see uh their best stuff i mean this is this is really exciting times for aew uh steve you said they're you had a favorite match? This was your did, and we haven't we haven't talked night.
0: about it yet. I mean we don't have to go into great detail here, but I uh I actually thought Swerve and Hangman was my favorite match of the night. Mm-hmm. It was just the match itself was excellent, the storytelling was excellent, mm-hmm. the crowd reaction, you know, hangman embracing you know, swerve embracing the hometown, hangman accepting it and sort of playing the heel at times and um just the outcome i mean i probably wouldn't be talking about it if, as my favorite match if hangman had won but i think they made the right decision that swerve needed this badly because he's right. great he's one of the best on in my um or mike skilled wrestlers he's one of the best wrestlers but he seemed to be on the losing end of everything lately to but to give him him call out hangman and then beat him sure prince nana the great prince nana got involved and but it still felt clean because of how decisive it was at the Mm -hmm. end i don't know i just thought they it was masterful work by both guys
3: AEW is a great way of having a dirty clean finish in their matches and i feel like that wasn't even a thing until aew came around maybe it was back in the territory days but i feel like wwe just did things their own way for so long that we never got finishes like that and Steve you know as you were describing what you really liked about that match I was kind of holding my breath like wow you really just enjoyed this match purely for what it was and then you mentioned Prince Nana and then I felt way better so
0: yeah um, <laughs> Prince, Prince Nana is the cherry on the Sunday every time every, every time.
3: time but I would even argue he's like the chocolate syrup the caramel icing the whipped cream and the cherry on top like yeah. he's, he's such a part of that act now that It's crazy. It's so funny how a simple dance took swerve from being, you know, this villainous, cruel guy in the mogul embassy that everybody was always kind of like, okay, where are they going with this to this act works. And now we're seeing him get into these matches with hangman. It's just, it's so great to see. I'm totally on the swerve train now, and I cannot wait to see what the next step is for him in this program
1: yeah the 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 thing that i admired admired about it was and and it's the pivot that those guys took in the realization that hangman really was the heel and i don't know if they knew going in that that was going to be the case um i I, you would have to have anticipated that to some degree given that it swerves hometown uh but the, the ability for Hangman to switch on a dime and take on the heel persona while at the same token, still being a, the baby face. I mean, I, I thought it was a masterful storytelling that those two guys did. And I think they did a really phenomenal job. And I think, you know, one of the things we had talked about before was, you know, you got guys like Swerve and Hangman and everyone's like, what the heck just happened here? How, how did these guys get put together? And it just shows you that, you know, there are so many. It, even back to what Adam Copeland was saying on Dynamite tonight, or what he's what he said all you know for the last week or so since joining, there are so many guys that could get to pieced together that would just that just make could make phenomenal music. And they, you know, this is one of those combinations where I think. It was great to see them come together. They put on a phenomenal match. Uh the build was great. And yeah, Prince Nana, you know, I, I shared in our group the interview he just did on Talk as Jericho, but Prince Nana has really got a great story. And um, you know, he in, in terms of how old he really is, like he he was back. I mean, he's he's not he's not a spring chicken by any means. And he started as a wrestler and Really got his shtick, you know, going, you know, um, in ROH and and has really survived a long time on just being a really, you know, good entertainer. And he said about the dance, he was like, he's like, I was just in a hotel room screwing around and I and I and I recorded it. And the next thing you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going out there and doing this. And look at, you know, it is amazing how the whole creative. stadium's
0: doing it now. Yeah how
1: creative these guys uh really are uh and and again nana is not a spring chicken and all of a sudden he's coming up with a dance you know it's like you know it's it's great it it was really it very entertaining and so i'll give you props steve you i would agree this was a really good match i i don't necessarily um think that when i was going into the card i was i was as jacked up about it as i was after i saw the match
3: Last thing I'll say, and Mike, I'll turn it back over to you. I will never sing Judas in an arena whenever we go to a future show. In fact, I feel like that's kind of wearing off. And maybe we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I tell you what, I will be doing the Prince Nana dance. Yeah, absolutely, you
0: will. <laughs> I don't have any doubt you will.
2: That's the beauty of wrestling. It's like the simplest things are the easiest translated to massive amount of fans and when massive amount of fans all get on it together it makes it just so awesome like the x on the groin with dx i mean everybody was doing that uh the scissoring right now just mm. easily identifiable copyable stuff you can see it right now with uh what's that team that wrestled um mjf opening the redemption or whatever they're fucking called righteous the, uh, the righteous the righteous so the redemption. I, I don't,
1: right. I, I know you guys are kind of down on these guys. I actually kind of like their shtick. I mean,
0: I, maybe I like the song,
2: the song cool, I do, t- but yes, I, don't like I, this
0: I like them, whatever I, I was, thing. I started to like them, but like the pay-per-view did them nothing.
1: Well, that's just it. I mean, that, that was a real, I mean, you want to talk about burying a team like, a, you know, they had built them up for weeks and then all of a sudden, you know, I, I did I just didn't agree with the booking of that, you know, like
0: I think to, unless, to get beat unless that
1: cleanly, unless there's something going on yes. with those two dudes that we don't know about that are all of a sudden it's gonna emerge later on in the story. Um, I you know, I would be totally down for that, but boy, you know, I mean that they they lost to MJF by themselves. Like I I just think that they're I, I really like their uniqueness and they, they have this kind of like Bray Wyatt ish kind of thing going on. That's, you know, kind of interesting, but I will tell you one other person that really impressed me that I, I kind of, maybe I, I have always been impressed maybe just because of um, her look, but Julia Hart, I thought wrestled oh, a phenomenal goodness. match. And I, I really, I was Really disappointed, kind of, and I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know wanna, if she can
2: carry a belt, but she's got the respect.
1: I, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like the she, in my opinion, is way more over than. Oh, for sure. Than Statlander. And, oh, for yeah. and And it was better yeah Yeah. and it's just sad because you know for whatever reason they hyped her up about this you know haven't lost and then all of a sudden you know i don't know i again this was another booking decision that i just i just did not like and i i I would have i would have loved to see julie Hart when um i I think she has got a great character right now i think she's over with the fans and i think that it's just kind of one of those things where maybe to some degree the the belt isn't necessary for her because of how over she is but it definitely wouldn't hurt
2: i don't i don't think she's got it to carry a belt because if she gets it then it's like well if i can't she hasn't expanded upon herself yet. Like they, she finally has something and she's getting like polished in the ring. She's looking better than her. Her confidence is growing. So I think if you put it on her too quick, it would spoil all of that.
0: So yeah, yeah, I like what your, where your head's
2: at. There's no golden goose in the women's division in AEW. Well, and I just hope they them. don't
0: do what they do every damn time, where right. they built her up to have her lo- be a credible challenge challenger to just lose, and then or we just Rip don't Baker see her or something. Yeah, and then we just don't see her anymore, like for weeks. Exactly. There, like, I there's hope no, they actually build off. of There's her no way. They never they, do that in the women. There's division. no way they can do that with her. I mean, she her, people were
1: singing her song. Like, oh, I, I know,
0: mean, but they, but they, uh, they, 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 got two, what, three women's matches a week. And Shafir's in one of them this week. So it's like, I I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with her. I don't
3: either. One theory I have, and let me know what you guys think of this. So Julia Hart sprayed the mist in, what Willow Nightingale's face. And then we saw Willow Nightingale kind of like demonstrate heelish tendencies. Mm. And then she did the same thing to Sky Blue. And then tonight on Dynamite, Sky Blue wrestled Tony Storm. And she had a couple moments where she didn't look like her happy-go-lucky self. What, what if there's stories behind of the face. scenes doing like a slow roll all of a sudden all of the house of black is women and julia yeah. hart's the leader
2: like a spe- she's putting a spell on them
3: yeah i'd, I'd be i like down them. with it i think it'd be amazing
1: yeah be i think that would be that would be a really good a really they cool should, angle
3: they should do like the blair witch
2: project yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Heart, do like these the camera thing and like have it be weird remember the blair witch project boys did you ever see that in theaters
0: that was a classic
2: yeah i saw it in theaters when it first came out and it was freaking weird and it like it was right when the internet came out and like dude that like that was a monumental movie
0: it was one of the most profitable movies ever because (gasps) it it was dirt like eight thousand. yeah (laughs) It was like a, yeah. my big fat Greek wedding. That was another one of those like cost nothing and made a boatload. Man,
2: wait! My big fat Greek wedding. That was the budget? first
0: one. Was like one of the most profitable movies because it cost them. They didn't think it was going to be a hit. It cost like pennies and it made huge Whoa. money. Hmm. Wow! There you go. That's a little amazing. trivia for you.
3: I did see a preview That's for it recently, and I remember They got a third myself, one coming out. That's
0: why you saw a preview. Ah, that <laughs> How many sense. years later?
3: Makes sense.
2: Well, I thought they would have to spend a little money on all the broken plates at the wedding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they
2: probably <laughs> went uh, to the Dollar There's, there's going to be a lot of takes. They're
0: their Dollar General, yeah.
2: Hey, you know what I learned on blippy this morning with my son? Uh, of, like, something about that... feces? Kind of. Um... No, but we put on this race car episode and did you know that race car indie race cars, each tire cost fifteen hundred bucks and they only last for twenty-five laps? What? Wow. Yes. Dude. Okay. And there's four of them, so do the math. What is the math?
3: Six thousand uh, dollars for twenty-five 6, laps. Six
2: thousand for twenty-five laps, and that's per car, per yeah. race, per around mm-hmm. the world. This is why I hate Racing—it's a waste of gasoline. It's a waste of rubber, and I mean the fucking holes in the ozone, man. That's what I'm saying. And then all the stupid diesel trucks that go buzz around these idiots, like transferring the cars all around the country to go around in circles. It's like I—I I, I, like hate racing, I'm just with for you. the sheer fact of how unsustainable it is. Because you know what? None of those fucking NASCAR people do. What's that? Well. If they're fucking burning up the ozone, like, wasting all the trees with all the rubber that's consumed, they're not staying humble. They're not staying hungry. And definitely not staying hard.
0: So they're they're not Triple H? No.
1: Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something... Me, myself, I got
3: nothing to prove.
0: This is such good.